0: Three, two, one, go! What's up everybody, this is episode 66 of the Cool Down Time podcast. I'm your graphically impressive host Marco and joining me is my technically sound co-host Pablo to talk about gaming's best and bootiest. Pablo, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm sound, but
1: uh not of mind. Um
0: you saying we you're you a technical mess? Should I should I change our intro up a little bit here?
1: Yeah, I think um I think let's not lie to these folks.
0: <laughs> okay. I mean, I just yeah. I had a I have a complimentary um, yeah. moniker for myself, but I, I I didn't want to be mean to you, but hey, if the shoe fits, I mean, look, do I have the best words? Yes. Am I a stable genius? Yes.
1: But I'm also, uh, to be called uh, technically sound is Mm. technically incorrect.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, you heard it here first. We have a technical mess of a co-host, Pablo, to talk about gaming's best and bootiest. Uh, Pablo, we got a big episode this week. We're going to be covering our first impressions of Stray and As Dusk Falls, plus... The Death of the Dishonored series, hmm, and six games that y'all need to stop dunking on, and much, much more. But Pablo, before we continue, we got to give a shout out to all of our new and returning listeners for checking out this week's show. If you like us, give our podcast a sub. We drop new episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and our official website at Google. Uh, Google. <laughs> oh! Kugel. Uh, or cooldowntime. dot com. Search
1: Kugel while you are doing your Kugel <laughs> your, exercises. Your That's like Kegel except for your a ah, hole.
0: Man, the fumble was bad that time. Man, I tried to change up my my little my little tag there, and I it it blew yeah. up in my face. Man, yeah, I seen your whole eyes twitch and Oof. everything almost had a stroke. Still recover. (laughs) Okay. Uh, If you're feeling extra cool, and if you can forgive me for my fumbles, follow us on Instagram at Cool Down Time Podcast to stay connected with us in between episodes. But, Pablo, uh, before I mess up another word, why don't we go ahead and jump in to our first segment of the show about what we're playing that's called Loadouts.
1: All systems nominal.
0: Loadouts ready. All right, man. So we had some new releases come out uh, that – Kind of uh, caught us with uh, some, a little bit of surprise, I think, uh, in, in in at least one of these cases. But why don't we start with um, talking about Stray? Uh, Stray uh, has has been getting a lot of positive reviews. It's got an 84 on Open Critic right now, so we're both at a tie because I think you had 88 and I had 80 as uh, our prediction. Mm-hmm. So we're right in the middle there. Uh, but people are generally really, really high on this game. Um, I actually finished it. So uh, I'll talk about how I feel about it. But I know you dabbled in it for just a brief amount of time. So what were your uh, initial thoughts before I go ahead and dive in?
1: Yeah, I, I got a reserve judgment on the game overall. I'm in a whole different kind of mindset of gaming, like, playing AI, 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 uh, AI Somnium Files mm. and then playing As Dust Falls. I'm in the sit here and watch the gameplay itself mode right now. So, uh, But, listen, so far from what I've... I've only reached the slums. I just got there. Mm. Uh, and that's when the, I see the first kind of, like, actual people around the world or robots around the world. Uh, I, I, I want to sit down and really immerse myself in the game because I, I, visually the game is really beautiful. Obviously, the cast stuff is well-documented here. But um, it, it just... It just looks really 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 cool um and i am really excited to get into into it once i finish one of those games uh probably as does falls is going to be the one that uh, i finish first but anyway um yeah i i i have not much to say other than i think it looks really cool uh and i'm happy that you know spoiler alert it it worked out for you yeah you're really looking forward to this game but go ahead man what tell me tell me shower the game with praise with fur and all that
0: shit, <laughs> yo. You have real problem, man. I every time I listen back to our episodes, there's at least three to four times where I go, something is really wrong with him, like in his. And
1: then, and then I listen to the episodes back, and I'm like, everything is fine. Yo, this is what I mean.
0: It's what I mean, guys. It's what I mean, baby. Um, <laughs> as the normal one here, I have uh, played and finished Stray. It's a. Uh, it took me about maybe six and a half hours. Uh, top. So this is not a game that's going to hog up too much of your time. It's actually a really good palate cleanse if you uh, happen to be coming off the heels of a long game. Um, I, I definitely suggest it. A friend of the show, Will, who's working on Elden Ring right now, has already kind of penciled this in as his, no pun intended, his cooldown game. Um, you know, after he finishes that, just so he has something short and sweet to play. And I think this is actually perfect uh, for that. If 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 that kind of falls into where you guys are at, who are listening to the show. Um, here's the thing. I think Stray is absolutely sensational, Uh, and I, I, I I really had a hard time finding any true flaws that I had with this game, which I don't say lightly and I don't say often. Um, I had come into this kind of thinking. Best case scenario is what the game actually turned out to be, and worst case scenario would be that it was just some pretentious and obscure journey-like kind of game where you're playing as a cat and there's no dialogue and you're just kind of roaming around these, um, you know, post-apocalyptic you know, destroyed beauty kind of environments and doing things and it actually was a lot more than that in ways that uh, really, really blew me away. Um, In particular, the storytelling is pretty great. Um, It's not trying to be profound by any stretch of the imagination but it tells a really really good story, a really cool uh, like representation of like what happens to the world um, after a certain event takes place and what happens to um, basically uh, a family of of service robots uh, that were around to just take care of humans but then kind of had to live after them and figure out who they are and um, they kind of you know naturally took after human traits and live in a way that kind of pays homage to what human life was like, which is kind of explaining some of... Um, where you're located as as the cat in the game. Uh, but there's a whole overarching uh, issue that's taking place about kind of, um, you know, basically setting these people free or, or trying to and kind of figuring out the mystery of where they actually are um, and what happened to the world above. Uh, so it, it's a really cool story that goes beyond just, oh, I'm playing as a cat. That's cool. Um, but it is cool to play as a cat. Uh, it, it is actually surprisingly fun Um I like all of the cat nuances they incorporated into the game—scratching a rug, or a corner of a couch, or a door. Those things are really cool and charming. Um, and the movement is really good. Um, I felt like the platforming was really well done. It's a bit—it's a bit on rails in some ways uh, with where you can jump, but I felt like it was for the best uh, because you're not just out there running around acting like a nut job cat. You actually kind of—it's it, keeping you in check to maintain the tone and and the immersion of the game which i think was a good move um yeah that that part of it worried me because when i was
1: i had already seen the previews where it's like magnetized jumping and i'm like oh i can just sit there and hold x and yeah you can but i think the animation of the cat Mm. and all that it just really it's a full it's like a a cat immersive sim really right because it doesn't let you do things that are out of character for a cat, right? Uh, and I think I I love that they're state they state so true that the mocap shit on the cat Ugh. stuff is fucking nuts.
0: Man, that is yeah. that is some really top tier stuff. Um, and they and they come up with clever ways to utilize the cat for platforming purposes and there's also uh, an enemy type in in the game only one it's not a very combat heavy game at all um that i like it, the that, I like that yeah that they kind of you have to evade and, and get away from or in some cases fight back uh you know depending on oh. where you're at in the game so they they do a lot of really interesting stuff um But I think by far the biggest thing that impressed me and just knocked me off my seat was uh, the atmosphere. Um, This is probably one of the best lived in worlds that I've ever played in in probably ever. Um, The music is outstanding. I mean, the menu music had me kind of stop and just go, oh, my God, this is incredible. And it doesn't let up all game long. Some of the best soundtrack work I've I've heard uh, definitely this year. Uh, and the art style overall is good. I, I I love the fact that they didn't go the route that most indie games do and say, oh, you're going to play as a cat and it's going to get silly. You know, it, they actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a little bit of quirkiness there, but it's mostly um, serious. And I, I thought that was really dope that that's how they kind of approached this. Um, great supporting cast of characters that don't overstay their welcome and um, contribute something to the game without trying to do too much um just enough platforming to be good but not be overwhelming or or and just enough environmental puzzles to keep things interesting but not bog you down you're never really stuck anywhere there's a great flow and cadence to that game that i think is just top tier stuff so i can't say enough about this game i think this game is incredible yeah. uh this is I like a like that it's shoe in for me as a yeah. top top game of the year for sure
1: yeah i like some of the environmental puzzles like again super early but like dropping the the bucket of paint through the window Mm -hmm. and then through the top window and then going down and kind of seeing your cat footprints with the blue paint, like little stuff like that. There's really cool details that the game really does. Um, I told Marco that I was surprised that he liked the game because of the fact that, you know, both you and I are not really huge fan of environmental puzzles, games like that. But um, yeah... I'm glad that they don't overstay the welcome, and they they do stay pretty easy uh, in that way. So that's pretty cool. By the way, if you guys hear a baby crying, uh, it ain't me. Once again, it's my third son. member of yeah. the show,
0: he's the technical mess right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sure is. Cool, man. But yeah, but I'm glad. I'm glad this game worked out for you. I, I can't wait to jump into it, specifically since it's such a short game and 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 knowing that I'm not really going to be challenged too much in that way. So it's kind of like a zen experience at, at that as well. So I'm, I'm definitely down for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um I, I can't recommend it enough. If if you have PlayStation Plus, uh the the, the middle tier, you can you can have access to this game. Uh, and I absolutely think it's worth your while. Um, I think it, it's normally twenty nine ninety nine, which I think is fair, depending on how you look at it. I think the quality of the game more than deserves that price. The polish of this game—there's not a lot of bugs and issues to this thing at all on PS Five. Um, and just generally speaking, this this game has that almost in the same tier of quality as as a Plague Tale, in terms of like that double A, but like that top end double A quality. It's it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. So well, I recommend it. It's also it.
1: the kind of game that you look at it and you don't see the budget. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like like I play a game like Biomutant or uh, um and it's like you see the ambition and then you see where that meets the budget. Stray it it, it kind of stays in its lane and knows what it's doing. It does the most with what it has. Mm. Uh, are we still talking about Stray, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Uh, but no, I really, I really liked it. I really love, love this game. And the reason I, I, I do the joke about, uh, about Straight is because the next game we're talk about I, falls into that category as well. And when I looked down, I had the same exact notes for uh, as dusk. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, when did we mm-hmm. transition to some bitch? Uh, but yeah, man, I, I do love, I do love that stuff with with that game where I really, uh, I love. I, I just want, I want to play a game. And not feel like damn this game could have been better if it had more money you know what Mm -hmm. I mean Uh, and that's that's not the case with stray at least from what I've experienced so far
0: yeah not at all not at all it is definitely worth your time Uh, but we are going to uh, transition into the second game uh, that's on our loadouts list this week and that is as dusk falls. Yeah. Pablo, this one um, is currently sitting at a 76 on OpenCritic. So not necessarily a a flop flop, but didn't really kind of grab anybody as much as I thought. Um, I don't hear it being talked about a lot. I check a couple of message boards every now and again to see how the conversation's flowing. And and, and not a lot of people are really digging into this one too much, it seems. But um, I want to start with you. I want to get your yeah. thoughts uh, from from kind of where you're at. Obviously, we got to keep this somewhat spoiler free since it's such a story driven sure, game. For but sure, yeah. where are you at with this so far, and how are you feeling?
1: Yeah, I, the open critic stuff is really weird to me because a lot of like the major publications are really really high on it, you know. Uh, and then the other, not so uh, yeah, more of like the YouTube stuff, they have a lot more issues with it. I think these are the kind. Of, this kind of game really lends itself to people really over kind of analyzing the. Uh, what the game is trying to do uh, with like, oh, it's right. Like I saw mm. one of the things, give it three out of five, say... It, it was between a serious drama and soap opera. But it's like th- those kind of things. It's like, I mean, we are talking about a video game here. You, you judge it by those merits. And if you're comparing it to a high caliber TV show, it's just, it's a weird way to, to, to review a game, I think. Uh, it's like watching a, a movie and saying, I wish it was a show. Like, I, I mean, I guess you could say that, but I mean, in terms of character development, it's like a two hour movie versus a 12 hour show. You know, like it's, it's just weird stuff like that to compare and contrast certain things. But oh, in terms of the game itself, uh, uh, let's get the obvious thing out the way I, I think the art style was definitely a thing that was shocking to everybody who saw the game in preview or when it was announced it was like oh how is this going to work is it just going to be like these kind of still images and yeah and it, it is mostly that but I think for me for my money I dig the art. I think it really, really works really well. Uh, I've seen some people say that it took them some time to get into it. I got into it pretty immediately. I thought it was. I thought it worked really well for what it was trying to do. It's the the less is more approach. Um, like you can stay focused on the current emotion of the the person that the, whatever they're going through right at that moment instead of having like for example, uh, what's the game that I could okay um the not the Last of Us uh, the Jesus Christ here we go bed. y'all we here no no the walking dead ah, the first season of right, Walking Dead, it. where um where like when lee has something shocking happen all really happens is like his eyes get really big or something like that you know the limitations of the uh, of, of the animation i really like the hand-drawn animation here because that when they're trying to really focus in on a specific emotion like that is written quite literally all over their face and it, it just kind of that emotion there you really get what they're going through in that way um I admit that I, I was uh, a little put off by voice performances in the early chapters. I thought that some of that stuff was really like straight up brain dead delivery versus some really good stuff that's coming out. Kids in games always are terrible. Uh, yeah. Zoe as a child Oof. in the game is it's bad. Is unbearable. Yeah, uh, but everything else surrounding it is is really really good. Um, Story wise, for me, it's really captivating. It does a good job like eliciting emotion uh, from the player, like. I think As Dusk Falls works best when it leads into adult situations, marriage, fatherhood, you know, uh, being a strange father, uh, being a son, like, all that stuff, when it really leans into those things, maybe because I am a new father, and all that stuff is, is in the mix, and I am a married person, uh, I, it, for me, I feel like those things work best at that, I think the drama, the, the, the uh, you know, the, the, the gun stuff, like, the cops coming in, or, you know, the holdup that happens in the game, that stuff is less interesting to me, I, I think it, it, there's some logic issues there through that whole first few chapters. Uh, but ultimately, I do really like what the game is doing. Um, uh, it, it really makes you look inward when you make these choices because I'm not making choices as Vince, which is the main character. Um, I'm making choices based on what I would do in those certain situations. Then I can play this as a hardcore video game character when I have a certain situation that can have me to be brave or brash, right? Uh, like I can do something heroic or i can be a little more calculated and understand that those things could have consequences to my wife who's there who my daughter who's there my father who's there so i make those choices based on that and not based on like if i'm playing an action adventure game where i'm trying to be a hero like these little and and the way that they 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 make those choices and then the way at the very end how they show you your kind of traits i love all that shit and the roadmap to all the stuff in terms of the chapters and how that plays out that stuff is super dope i it it Again, it's like uh, like um, like a telltale game where it tells you the percentage of people who picked what and what paths. But you can see the paths, and there's so many different variations of one, uh, like how one outcome can lead into certain changes in the story. Like there's a, and I won't spoil it here, but there's something that happened in my first chapter of the game and second chapter of the game that I I text Marco about, and it's like, "That didn't happen. Like I didn't even know that could not happen." Like uh, so, it's little things like that where. In some aspects, when you look at changes, and I looked up some stuff because that I wanted to see the difference between of like after I'd done it, it's like kind of like game changing shit. Yeah. It's like it's really really different. I will say though, to kind of wrap up my portion of it, is um, there are certain certain choices that you make with relationships to certain people that ultimately don't work really well. Uh, like the person is going to do a thing anyway, and so it sometimes it feels at odds with how you've kind of. Uh, how you've kind of been with that person throughout your experience in, in that certain section, like my relationship with with some of the the the, the dudes uh, mm-hmm. was a certain way, and then they did something that was that felt off to me, like it didn't really jive with the choices that I was making throughout, and I felt like that was probably just because that's where the story needed to go, and those kind of things a game gives you so much options and so many choices when they do those little things like that where it's like okay we have to drive the story somewhere it does you you notice those a lot more and so that that, that kind of takes you out of it a little bit but I'm completely and absolutely shocked by how much I'm loving this game it is absolutely uh one of the better experiences I've had in the year in terms of storytelling wise uh and I I I'm loving it I'm really enjoying my time with it uh, I think there's six chapters I'm in chapter five so I'm 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 Trying to beat that today, so really looking forward to that.
0: All right, so yeah, man, I I um I do agree uh, pretty much with most of your impressions. I I will say I think that the game does have a pretty slow burn in the beginning, um, and I think that it's just really because I didn't really buy into anything right away. I didn't really buy yeah. into the art style. There was a lot. There was a lot getting thrown at you. Um, these characters you're not sure about. This art style you're not sure about. The voice acting you're not sure about the conflict you're not sure is about to happen um whether any of this is going to be believable or if you're going to have to suspend so much disbelief throughout the game that it just doesn't connect at all so there were a lot of big questions that i think the first chapter didn't do the best at answering but man as soon as uh, the second chapter kicked in and I, I think from that point through most of what i've played it was How many pretty chapters- intense so I'm on I'm through. on book two I think which is like the second phase of of the story. Yeah. Um, it does slow down a little bit uh, in that part yeah. of it. Now uh, it's not as intense. There's not as much high stakes stuff happening at least right now in the moment. But yeah, it was white hot for a while there. Um,
1: yeah, and I and I think the game does that's a pacing thing that I think the game does well ish. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that you'll get to soon that you're kind of like I don't know if I care about this, but. You know, the slow burns when they do come back, they make a lot more sense now because of the fact that um you're kind of invested in these characters, roughly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's good. I mean, I um I think it's kind of in that same league as a telltale game. Um I think it's yep. there's just a little bit of camp and, and hokiness to some of the story beats that I that I don't like where it's a little too on the nose about mm-hmm. certain things. Um, and, uh, with games like this, there's always bombast and there's always a lot of weird little conveniences of, Oh, where do I know you from? I've seen you before. Yeah. I just, just so happened to know somebody from a, a, another time. So there's things like that in this game that uh, I think you have to know coming into such a story heavy game are probably going to happen. Um, but I, I wish there was a slightly more graceful way they had kind of introduced those little coincidences into yeah. the mix. Um, I think
1: it's hard to to do, like, real-life stuff. Because, I mean, people with Telltale tell Games, you're the zombie apocalypse right. or the fairy tale with the Wolf Among Us. But when you're, like, dealing with, like, quote-unquote real shit, yeah. it, it, there's a level of campiness and a level of kind of disbelief. You have to suspend your mm-hmm. disbelief a little bit because... They're trying to create drama here, right? And mystery, and you know the bullshit of like, "Oh man, haven't not seen you before."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As soon as that happened, I'm like, "Oh boy." Where, yeah, where I is rolled this my going? eyes
1: so hard, I almost, I almost fainted. I was like, oh. "Yeah." Uh, it was, so it, bad. was yeah. it
0: wasn't the best, but uh, I actually do really like the story uh, overall. I like the characters. I've gotten to, I got my favorites. Um, I think Vince, who is the dad of of the family uh, at the start of the game, I actually like him, even though he. He sounds like yeah. adam jensen from deus ex um, it is. i actually like him a lot and i think his his uh his his character design is actually like really normal it almost like oh yeah. wow like this is actually like a really believable person um so i like that about him i think yeah, yeah i have some other favorites too uh i don't want to get too far into the game to, to, to say who or, or why per se uh for those of you that are still um in the early stages of the game But I will say, I I think this game has kind of grabbed me a bit. Um, I I was not really sure about it in the beginning but it it won me over in a really big way and even though the end seems to be kind of on a downturn I I've invested enough of it, uh, of myself mm-hmm. into it now to care about wrapping it up and seeing what happens to yeah. everybody so yeah
1: Yeah I will say people who play uh, specifically the second chapter give it to the second chapter yeah. that'll really that'll really get like the things going and then if you don't like the characters after that then there's not much you can do because the second half of the game is really focusing on character development mm-hmm. and like going back and filling in some stuff about certain characters. And so if you're not if you don't like the characters, the game's not going to do much for you at this point cuz now there there's a lot of twists happening now and it's like, yeah. "Oh, but it's not it never goes back to the bombast of chapter 2, at least not yet." It's but it's really it's still as good because you are invested. Mm-hmm. So, I Big surprise, man! Because I saw this game when it first, you know, they announced it. I'm like, oh, you know, and it's uh, Marsha. I forgot her last name. She's she used to work on in Quantum Dreams with David Cage, and that has its own kind of bullshit attached to it. Where you're like, here we go, and I think this is kind of proof that. David Cage is the is the issue with Quantum Dreams because yeah. uh, games because she's coming out of that. I guess she was also like a, a writer on that. She's her direction in this game specifically mm-hmm. is fantastic. She she really puts uh, some. She's really putting the game together really well, and, and the writing is really good too. At times, not not perfect throughout. Yeah, but I, I'm loving this game, man. I, I'm loving this game. I think it's gonna make my top ten um, easily. Uh, even when I look at last year, uh, the True Colors that that game life is strange uh, Yeah, where I, life yeah. is strange where i really love that game but this i think Ice dust falls just fucks that game up in every way possible <laughs> oh, sorry okay. but, buddy i didn't okay. mean to. i didn't mean to christopher man
0: right in front of his baby's eardrums he said that um he said fuck that game too
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's gonna wrap up loadouts uh for this week um so two recommendations there for both of those games uh can't can't lose either way Uh, But let's go ahead and jump into the next segment, Pablo, which is our gaming news segment of the show that we call Hit Points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right, so Pablo, we have two uh, news items we want to talk about this week. Um, You want to go ahead and start with yours first?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, in an interview with Rock Paper uh, Shotgun, Arcane Studios thinks that the days of making linear campaigns like Dishonored are most likely over. They believe that their immersive sims were too limiting and forced players into two pre-defi- predefined ways to play. It's not something I want to do again. Quote, I fell in love with the way Deathloop is structured, stated campaign director Dana Nightingale. The... Uh, uh, the co-creative director of Arcane Studios, Dinga Bakaba, agreed by claiming that their previous games implied uh, that there was a right and wrong way to play, and that Deathloop solved that problem. Whatever way you choose to play through the day, you can take another uh, entirely the next. You can take it one way entirely the next day, and it's middle of the same campaign. Uh, in the middle of the same campaign, my reading is awful <laughs> right now. Uh, that was always one of the objectives in de-emphasizing the idea that there's right way to play. Um, look. I'm a huge... Um, I guess over the years, I've, I've I've come to the realization that I'm a huge Dishonored fan, less so of an Arcane Studios fan, uh, just because of, you know, Deathloop specifically. Let's just call it, this is Deathloop, really fucked me up. I... I agree with them in principle. Creators, I've said this before on the podcast, creators want to create, and they don't want to be pigeon-held into a specific kind of game, or in this case, a specific kind of uh, series. I totally get that. Uh, and I think if they want to move beyond Des- Dishonored, that's also really cool as well. It's just that the, the, the reasoning behind it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, I think you know they're completely overselling Deathloop. I mean, like, they—they they, as to what Deathloop quote-unquote accomplished, uh, drinking some of that Game Awards Kool-Aid, I feel like that's what they're doing here. Mm. Uh, yeah, they're, they're taking a lot of the positive feedback that they received in the game, and kind of, like, building on that, but ultimately, like, I don't understand the whole, only two ways to play the game, when Deathloop, in order for you to close the loop, there was only one way to do that, and so it's like, talking about, uh, talking about growing the, the, the way the immersive systems are done, it, Deathloop was actually a shrinking of that like it it, yes there was a different ways you can tackle things but at the end of the day you were building up to one linear fashion of accomplishing each of those things to close the loop and to close the game itself Uh, i don't really understand what exactly it is they want to do i think that the issues that they talked about specifically with um uh with dishonored are easily fixable. You know, the, like if you kill too many people, rat rats infest, uh, right. done well, and that's a bad ending. If you sneak and you don't, you get the good ending. That's not a design thing, that's a story thing. You know, so it's like you can write that in a different way to where that's not the main uh you know crux of that game itself uh i think the storytelling in 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 dishonored is much better than in death loop i think it's a uh, it's better in prey as well and i think that what they're doing with these games are are still unique within their own kind of like nobody was doing like that immersive sim in that victorian whale pump whale punk kind of setting I, that was unique on itself you know gameplay issue that you may have with it aside I think artistically and the art style and just kind of the idea of the game really worked really well I never found it to be limiting other than the fact that that was the way the game was uh, uh, meant to be played however with Deathloop, they don't, they didn't fix anything. There's, when they're talking about fixing the, they didn't fix, they didn't fix anything. They, they made a whole different kind of game with the same kind of issues where at the very end of the game, it's bottlenecked into this one linear storytelling, uh, part. And that's it. Yeah. So, With everything that they're saying, it makes sense in terms of growing and doing more and doing something different. But don't tell me that Dishonored was limiting when literally the way you write games is a problem. The the way that you conceptually execute those ideas is the actual problem. Because whatever problems Dishonored 2 had, according to them, Deathloop has it in spades, if not even more so, because there's no no two ways about it. There's the one way to close the loop. And sure, there are certain things that you can do that may be different and differ from different players, but it isn't an example as Dusk Falls. I can go about that game in a whole bunch of different ways that Marco would never even see. There's not much of that in in, in Deathloop. Like, there are certain routes you can take, but you can do that in Dishonored. There are certain ways you can kill certain people, but you can do that same thing in Dishonored. Like, I don't see the difference, other than the time loop thing, that Deathloop did that a fixed any problems that they thought they had and two really honestly i think that the level design in dishonored is way better because of of the construct of the world it's a whale punk things run on certain on certain things so they have to make the world make sense within that i thought it was a lot more uh immersive like certain things that are laying around like uh there's like a Alcohol that you can throw at people, you can burn them, things that they can knock people, like little things like that. Like the the physical nature of the game, the physics and nature of the game, I should say. There's not that's not a lot of that in Deathloop, you know. I think the concept is the game, and they don't fix anything in which they thought they had a problem with. So it's it's I get it, but it's super confusing because Deathloop ain't it, bro. Like <laughs> if you're gonna build if you're gonna build from Deathloop, I hope what you take from Deathloop is maybe better gunplay maybe the art style, and that's it. I don't want another looping game. And if you're going to talk about fixing the issue of really making an open-ended story and and an open-ended game, then do that. But Deathloop isn't that. Like, don't lie to people. Like, don't, don't, don't kind of, don't kind of, like, talk about the game the way other people talk about that game. You know what you've done. You, you know you're the designer of this game. You know that you didn't fix any of those issues that you claimed uh, Dishonored has. So it's a super weird take on this. Uh, it just feels more like a marketing thing, like a just just talking just to, to, for the sake of talking. You know what I mean? You're just saying things, still still uh, talking up Deathloop. But which, by the way, last time I checked, Deathloop was their worst selling game. Obviously, mm. it's because it only came out in PS4. But PS5. you know, the PS5. But the physics, uh, the physical copies, all that, it didn't sell very well. So. The only problem they solved is how to sell less games. You know, I guess it's uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> how do Oof. I sell less games? Let's make this game. that... But anyway, Salty. ultimately, I, I look, I, I, yeah, there's a amount of salt because I would love a <laughs> Dishonored three just to f- loop that out, like finish the trilogy. But if you don't want to do that, that's fine. But don't tell me that the game had issues and that you come and that you fixed that with Deathloop when you sure as hell did. You know, mm. like, it's more the same, honestly. Ultimately, so what do you think?
0: Yeah, um, man, I get a sick se- uh, sense of pleasure just seeing you and your 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 arcane studios love just, just unravel <laughs> every 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 week. The things you love fall apart. Um, they do. I think the thing is, I think that they're right in theory. I agree with you there. I think they. I, I never liked Dishonored for the for the record. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. 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 We all know. You know. Shut your mouth.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> just think it's a bad <laughs> game. Um, I, and I think that they're right about what was wrong with a lot of that stuff. It wasn't very gratifying to play Dishonored for a lot of reasons, but particularly because of the the choices really weren't choices of how you want right. to play. There was a punishment for playing it the fun way. And you can't yeah. really do that in a lot of games and think that, that well, that's going to work out. Um, And so I I understand why Dishonored really didn't take the world by storm because it just wasn't fun. It wasn't rewarding to do the most fun thing in the game. So if you create a new game like a Deathloop where let's just say, okay, instead of having the option to knock out an enemy versus just straight up kill them, you just straight up kill them and there's no other option. That's fine. But I think to your point, um, less does not mean more uh, in this sense um it, because i agree with you i think you know the structure of deathloop doesn't solve that problem um at, at all. all it just creates what you said is, is pretty much a bottleneck that um really just is deceptively open um you you can feel like you have some type of agency over how you're playing the game in the early goings which is nice um but eventually, the game kind of reins you in and, and pulls you down a, a relatively linear path. Uh, from And I, not, I'm not going to claim to have beaten the game or uh, come close to it. This is what I'm learning from other people talking about it, obviously. But um, that doesn't really fix it for me. And and there's plenty of other problems that I think they have besides just player choice and, and immersive sim format and structure. I think they have a, a, a pretty big problem with just creating games that... that main audiences are out there interested in um that's a big problem they have you can have the coolest concept in the world but if you're just going to sell worse than the last game every single time you got a problem uh if you can't tell a, a halfway decent story in your games at least again subjectively right but if you can't tell sure. a, a great story especially with your infatuation with your new game death loop you got a problem um yeah so I I don't know I think that uh, again I think Arcane to me is um, moving in the wrong direction with the right philosophy uh, and, and I think that's just going to mean a lot of a lot of weird years ahead of them uh, for them as a company when it comes to their next batch of games they, um,
1: they're doing too much they're doing like, too much high concept bad execution yeah you know yeah.
0: And, and, you know, we'll see what Redfall turns out like. We'll see whatever they do post-Redfall and, and Deathloop after that. Um, but I don't believe in them. I really don't. And I, I don't mean to be that just kind of definitive about it. I just don't believe in the their ability to execute on a philosophy. Uh, and I, I never really I, have.
1: Honestly, let me be honest with you. I think that they are talking all this shit, the way they're talking about it, is because... You know, War was it Spector? is it Warren Specters, the the guy who made Deus Ex the original. I think so. Um, anyway, yeah. You know, he said many, many, many times that making an immersive, a true immersive sim game is a very, very, very difficult because of all the variables and all that. And I think that they're making excuses for that because I think they want to do less of that. I think they want to do less of an immersive sim as we know it uh, and be a little bit more less than that Mm -hmm. like when i look at redfall you know sure you could probably tackle different things in different ways that that's not what makes an an immersive sim an immersive sim right so Mm -hmm. like i think that they're just trying to get away from that maybe to pump out more games uh maybe to get away from the difficulty of the development uh but even with the even with the interviews with with uh, redfall um they've said that each character has his own kind of interpretation of the story, but the story is the same throughout. So, you know, at that point, the choices you make throughout the game don't really seem to be choices that change the game rather than just kind of inform an already established story. So already on its own, they're, they, they're moving further away from the immersive sim genre, which to me is, is I don't like because I love immersive sims if done correctly. So that, that's another part of it that kind of is like, what the fuck? Uh, but if you're, you know... yeah. It is what it is at that point, but um, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, after Death Loop, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see them try to uh, tackle uh, Dishonored Three, uh, then add some kind of fucked up <laughs> time loop shit to that, just to be different, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of studios that have a genre crisis going on, and they just they don't know how to fit in with where the market is, is trending, and so yeah. they're almost hesitant to stay the course and be who they are now. And everybody feels this this inherent need to be this hybrid studio that makes these hybrid games that are three things that, you know, come from other different genres and, and sandwiching it in, into one and calling it something new and, and thinking that's what's going to work. And I, and I touched on it last week when we talked about Bayonetta, just how like the pure hack and slash game is hard to come by these days. And I think it's kind of because of Companies like this that just kind of want this to go in this avant-garde direction and believe that they have to move away from things that kind of got them to a certain place of notoriety because it's time to evolve. And I almost feel like a lot of companies are forcing the issue of of self-evolution in a way that isn't particularly necessary. All you really had to do if you're arcane was just do a better job of making immersive Sims or or strip away some of the things that you might have gotten wrong with Dishonored One Two and Prey. Um, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater and go, all right, well you know what? Let's just not right. make them again. And that's kind of an extreme solution. And you're going from being in a niche genre of immersive Sims to an even more niche genre in roguelikes and wondering why your sales are still slumping like it i don't i don't see a path forward for them unfortunately where um there's an elegant outcome for them or one that's successful i think they're going to be learning the hard way for the next few years hopefully uh um and not too long hopefully but hopefully yeah um let's move on to the second uh hit point news item i got this one i'll take point uh ubisoft pablo is in the headlines again this time after a handful of concerning updates about their pipeline. Project Rift, which is the codename for the Assassin's Creed Valhalla standalone spinoff, along with the very notable Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, have both been pushed to 2023. Meanwhile, Splinter Cell VR, Ghost Recon Frontline, and two unnamed projects have been cancelled. Additionally, Ubisoft staff were told that the company must, quote, succeed in strongly limiting our spending, end quote, amid these delays and cancellations, which is leading many to believe that Ubisoft is in a worse position than we thought. So, Pablo, the question here that we'll talk about is what our take is on all this news and if Ubisoft is in as bleak of a situation as this news seems to suggest. Why don't I kick it over to you first? What What do you think about all this?
1: Yeah, for years they've been throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks uh, within the battle royale space, within the game as service space. They've been taking their their very well known and, and beloved franchises and injecting them with that bullshit. You know, Assassin's Creed comes to mind, basically uh, being a game as service, and in, in fact, the next main entry being a game as full on game as service game. Um, I, it just it it really is. It's actually shocking to me that it took this long for those repercussions to to finally come through because they've been doing so much with so little success for so long that it's really a wonder that this hasn't happened, didn't happen earlier. They've had their successes, for sure. Assassin's Creed is a huge franchise. We're we're not going to deny that. And, you know, and they have other stuff. The Siege, uh, Rainbow Six Siege is huge for them as well. But ultimately, you know, if you look at all those franchises, Rainbow Six, uh, the uh, Affirmation of Assassin's Creed, they've all been changed to become money makers. And if those money makers aren't making the money that they need, they can't fund their other projects. And when they can't fund their other projects, you get the bullshit with the Hollis spin-off becoming a standalone game mm-hmm. with Rift just so they can have... Some income coming in. Or they, they're they making a, a fully uh, licensed uh, Avatar game. Because I'm sure they got some money off of that shit. Like, it, 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 you can tell their decisions have always been, at least in the last decade or so, money driven. And they haven't been that smart about it. You know, they're remaking Splinter Cell. Years after Blacklist came out, people wanting a Splinter Cell game uh, f- focused on the wrong thing. When VR was huge and VR was a thing that people wanted to talk about, guess what? They were developing a Splinter Cell VR game. Ain't nobody want that. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody want that, uh, as, as proven here by being canceled. And then, you know, Ghost Recon Frontlines. Was that like a hero shooter? It was or a, like a royale. Okay, a royale, yeah. Obviously, royales are here's established the, markets and,
0: between a few Here's the thing, too. Just today, as of this recording, there is a rumor now that they're going to make another Royale, but instead, it's going to be in the uh, the Division universe. Uh,
1: Maron, yeah. Until <laughs> I'm, tell- I'm telling you, bro, these guys are are are, are they're they're uh elegantly flailing, mm. is the way I'll put this. They're not outright looking like they're in panic mode, but under like behind closed doors, all these moves, all these moves are. Like, they hit that panic button and Yves Guillaume is over there like, help me. I am drowning in debt. That's what I think is happening. Uh, (laughs) no. Okay. Sorry. Um, but look, uh, you know, Ubisoft is not a company that, uh, is, is at any aspect, a beloved company anymore. It's, it, it became really big, really fast and it's just focused on money making. And when you don't make that money, baby. This is the shit that happens. Mm. I don't like anybody to lose their jobs. I wouldn't. I would hate Assassin's Creed uh, or even Rainbow Six to go away, but you know, I it ain't looking good for them. Yeah, you know, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, man. Um, it's uh, yeah, they're sweating in there. It's it's big mm-hmm. musty over at Ubisoft right now. <laughs> uh-huh. All the divisions, Montreal musty, musty Montreal. Ew. Um, everybody is just Eminem. It's bad. Um, it's a weird time for Ubisoft because they just can't, they can't figure it out. I I don't, and I don't really understand where, where it becomes hard for them to see what they're doing so wrong. Um, it could just be me with consumer brain, but I feel like they are wildly out of touch with what gamers want. Um, and, and we've seen examples of this forever. Um, games that fans have been dying for that are in perpetual development hell, cancellations, weird announcements like X Defiant, which just make no sense at all. Like, yeah. Bringing back Splinter Cell, but in a weird way, announcing a full blown game, but in a weird way. Um, what they're doing with Assassin's Creed, the list goes on. I, there's, there's, yeah, it's a lot. there's no excuse for what's going on. And I think that their situation is kind of dire. Um, I think by the end of next year, something big is going to happen with Ubisoft. And I think it's going to end up being an acquisition. I think they're going to, yep. they're going to be, they're going to be out of here. They're going to sell, um, higher ups are going to get the same golden parachute that Bobby Kodak is going to get. Unfortunately, and um, I, I think I think they're going to be probably a ten cent company or, or or something along those lines. I don't know about Xbox just yet or Sony. I'm not too sure about that.
1: I mean, like it depends. How much are those franchises really worth at this yeah. point? You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: So I, I I don't know what's going to happen specifically, but I think the Ubisoft that we know right now will not survive past 2023 without some type of major. Shake-up happening or acquisition happening because there's just too many errors here to redeem themselves. And, and they're not going to realize how bad it is until these games come out and flop or get bad backlash or just suck. And so it's going to have to be a wait-and-see thing for them because I think they still think they can dig their way out of this. Well, let's not do a re, uh, a Royale with Ghost Recon. That got a lot of bad backlash. Let's do it <laughs> in the division instead. Yeah, that'll work.
1: That'll work. It's the same thing,
0: <laughs> dude. Like, so it they're just gonna have to learn the hard way, and they're gonna have to keep hitting their head against that brick wall until they get concussed and, and, and or something. I don't know, but um, I think it is as bad as it as it looks right now. I really do. Um, I don't get what they're trying to go for here. I mean, the only game that looks like it is in a good space is Mario rabbits. and that's probably because they don't want and, to have any problems with Nintendo going, "Yo, what are you doing?" And Siege just still and Siege just still shy, hanging huh? on and doing fine too. Yeah, but everything yeah. else, I mean, it's just baffling. So it is bad.
1: Yeah, and it's like wrong, 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 wrong ideas. Like. Would I like a Assassin's Creed game that is more like the older Assassin's Creed game, like Rift is supposed to be? Yeah, but do I want it derived from a DLC from a one of the, my least favorite uh, Assassin's Creed game of all time, probably Valhalla? Like it's it's weird. It's weird. It, it's that cus, the cut costing the you know spending less money. Yeah, that's all over all over that DLC. It's like, how about we make a whole game out of a DLC and not have to put that much money into asset, assets since the game is pretty much it. Maybe add some extra stuff. That that reeks of budget, 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 budget. And if they're delaying that Assassin's Creed game to next year, does that mean that the Assassin's Creed, like, Infinite or Universal, Ultimate, whatever they're calling it, is that, like, not coming next year? Who knows? Or is it really that much of a game-as-service game Game that they have to release an Assassin's Creed with the story because people are going to be really disappointed with the Assassin's Creed uh, mm. gas. Yeah. How
0: would you like a new Prince of Persia remake that will mess up for you and delay indefinitely? How's that sound, guys? Oh my gosh. Great. Take it away
1: from a studio to to, to, to make to remake to remake the remake they were remaking. Oof, How about man. that? Man,
0: and y'all complain about The Last of Us. <laughs> I'm saying. Jeez, man. Um, but yeah, it's pretty bad, and, and all I could do is say, um, stay tuned, man. Uh, the writing's on the wall. It's it, something's going down before I'd say the end of next year. That's my that's a, that's yeah, a little especially prediction, with, of
1: mine. with everybody being so acquisition heavy. And not only that, Ubisoft has battled uh, hostile takeovers before, so it's not new territory for them, right? If they if if I think Vivendi was trying mm-hmm. to do a hostile takeover, so I mean,
0: there's some there's some blood in the water, mm. you know? Yep, no doubt, no doubt. All right, man. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's hit points for uh, this episode. Let's get to the main event of the Checkpoint Chat uh, starting now. It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. All right, Pablo. So uh, for our Checkpoint Chat this week, um, we came off the heels of, of talking about The Last of Us Part 1 remake and and... Kind of going to bat for it a little bit uh, as far as all the hate and backlash. And it kind of inspired us to think about other games that have come out um, in in over the years of gaming that we think um, need to stop getting dunked on um, for, <laughs> for whatever reason. And so me and Pablo have compiled a list of uh, three games each that we're going to go round robin and talking about. And uh, we're just going to kind of walk through why we think these games got a bad rap. Uh, and why they're um, you know they're 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 at a point of quality that we think is worth calling off the hounds. So uh, Pablo, For sure. I'm going to let you start, man. Um, tell me what your first game, or I guess if we're ranking these, uh, what your third uh, game is to stop dunking on and why.
1: Yeah, that's going to be Remedy's Quantum Break. Uh, look, this is a game that I think really really shines now because of control control is so much quantum break you know in in terms of like that's the obvious next game that they worked on and there's so yeah. much assets and the way that the game plays it's all over that game Control is the better game don't get me don't get me wrong but quantum break is is great i i i love the story i love the what remedy does best with the ambiance you know the atmosphere they really do a really good job the thing that this game when you look back at conversations being had about this game all boils down to one factor and that's the tv show that was attached to it uh which varies from people talking about it, it being absolutely a fucking shit show to it being good enough for what it is. I fall somewhere in the middle when you look at shows that are out now, video game sh- Halo, hello, anybody? Hello, hello? <laughs> Halo is terrible i think the quantum break tv show is way better than that shit like and i think it's an interesting concept because what they did is they told the story of the villains through the through the tv show so you had everybody's proper motivation going into it and i thought that was cool the game itself the the cutscenes were told through the uh point of view of the main protagonist well like i said the show was all through the antagonist's eyes so there's a richness to the story that you don't really get from a lot of games because they're covering pretty much all the bases here when it comes to that the gameplay parts of it it again uh, kind of very control-esque I, I really did enjoy a lot of those things i think i think that the story itself and, and like the time stuff and and all that is like really superb and the game holds up incredibly well if you go back and play that now uh graphically at least the game looks really really cool uh, i think everything about the game is done in complete quality i think it's i think that the the, the shit it gets from from crit, uh, critics Uh, and people who either played it or or didn't play much of it, really, I don't think they gave the game a fair shake. I think it was obviously right when the Xbox One was at the full kind of uh, critique point where it was all about TV shows, and this is definitely, or, or, or content, like being the one box where you saw TV shows, movies, and games, and this game was fully conceptualized with that in mind, so you know, there's a lot of that criticism going when it's a little unfair because they're kind of putting all this shit that Xbox put out, and they're putting it all on Quantum Break in terms of like this is the future of games. Oh no! Like when you look at the reviews too, it's like this game, the game is great, the game plays well, the game is a really cool idea. I hate the TV show, five out of ten. It's like holy shit! Like, and it is a big part of the game. It, it I mean, it's interstitched between each chapter, and, and it's like twenty minutes too, so it's they're full length TV uh, episodes. So I get that, but I think. Even with the TV show, even with that in in hand, which you can skip, uh, I really thought this game was really good, and I was super su- surprised then, and I'm surprised now that people still kind of think of it negatively. I think it's a game that does just as many good things as a lot of remedy games and a lot of action games. Has a really cool concept, plays really well, and I think that uh, it ultimately is one of those games that should not ha- get the vitriol it gets at all. I mean, we talk about if you talk about remedy games and you and you mention Quantum Break. You're gonna hear some people really shit on this game, which I think unfairly so. Do you, how, what? Do you, how do you feel? I don't think we ever talked about Quantum Break specifically. I do you? Are you a fan of the game?
0: I think Quantum Break is fire. I liked yeah. all of it, to be honest with you. I mm-hmm. thought the TV stuff was cool. I thought all of it yep. was cool, man. I I didn't have some of my favorite games on Xbox actually. Now yep. that I'm really thinking about it, I think it was. Um, it was unfairly stigmatized as part of the the TV, 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 TV mm-hmm. initiative from mm-hmm. Xbox back then with Xbox One, um, because it was built for that, and yeah. I think that kind of it sucked because it wasn't really Xbox that suffered; it was Remedy yeah. that suffered. Um, for
1: I think that's what severed the relationship. Yeah. Through.
0: And, and, and that was that was kind of lousy uh, for them to just kind of drop off remedy like, well, you know, eh, we're taking a lot of heat for this whole TV thing. And, you know, we're just going to kind of pretend your game never happened now. Sorry. You know, mm. and, and this game kind of faded into obscurity, uh, which I thought was totally unfair. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think this game was great. I thought it was a really clever idea that I think they pulled off pretty, pretty freaking good. Um, in my opinion so if you have an xbox and you've seen that game you know as you're skimming through game pass you might want to download that it's actually a really good time yeah um it really is it's like it kind of reminds me of fringe in a weird way and and x files and all kinds of weird stuff kind of smushed into one and it worked i thought it really worked
1: (laughs) yeah i I think it 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 takes all of alan wake yeah and it's a new concept a new idea and it makes that and it's and it's like alan wake in that game had a baby and and that baby is control you know what i mean so I, I think that they work really well with those concepts and they 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 really work good off of each other like uh in that way. So Yeah man. We'll see what happens with Alan Wake 2 here.
0: Yeah, hopefully they'll uh they'll have a hit there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh I'll go ahead and jump in with my uh third game that I think uh shouldn't be dunked on anymore. And this one's a little bit of a shocker because I used to be on the other side of this camp. Uh and and this camp that I'm talking about is Far Cry 6. A game thrashed by outsiders and hamstrung by its own fan base is is kind of the high-level summary of how I feel about this game. Um, I think Far Cry 6 and really Far Cry as a franchise has really been singled out to me in a very unfair way for its open-world conventions. I I get and we just talked about Ubisoft. It's not a company you love to love. Um, They're they're not that nice of a company, and, and I don't really like what they do. So yeah, it, I can understand when a new Far Cry is announced and you know it's Ubisoft, you're going to look at it and go, eh, I don't know about this, man. And I was one of those people on this very show that was like, I have no intentions of buying this yeah. game. I bought it out of boredom, um, you know, in the end, because I, you know, I was like, all right, well, I haven't played Far Cry 5, I, you know, i really avoided a lot of stuff. Let me come back to it. And I had a great time. Um, And what I think I've thought about after the fact is that in some ways, I think that Far Cry 6 has been stifled by Far Cry 3 nostalgia. I get it. Far Cry 3 is great. Voss is great. Blood Dragon was great. But I think that that love of Far Cry 3 has, in a way, sent a signal up to Ubisoft to say, oh, we better not deviate too much because people really don't stop talking about how much they loved Far Cry 3, or, you know, even 4 to an extent. Um, in the past, when they took a risk with doing something out of left field with Far Cry Primal, they got roasted for it. Um, whether you liked Primal or not is up to you, subjectively, but they took a chance. They went with something cool. different, and y'all weren't feeling it. So they were like, you know what? Mm-mm. Let's go back to what, to what sells and what works. And so they did that. And now they're getting kind of, you know hit on the head for that too so it's like you know fans don't really know which way they want it with this series sometimes um do you want them to do something different or do you not because of how much you have this rose-tinted glasses thing going on for Far Cry 3 um in reality I think this game did a great job of iterating within itself as a Far Cry game I think the series and this game especially has always done a great job with locations and in this case definitely culture um, oh, yeah. Better protagonist, voice protagonist, which is always nice, and storytelling, too, was, uh, was an improvement. And it was still very fun. Um, was some of it feeling a little old and very, uh, yeah, this is Far Cry? Yeah. But in a way, the question is, is that what y'all want but won't admit you want? And I guess that's part of my, my critique of the critiques, is that a lot of reviews came out and it was just the more Far Cry narrative. And I don't really think that was necessarily true. Number one, and number two, is again: Do you want this game to chase after Far Cry Three, or do you want this series to evolve? And I don't think fans have really decided which way it is yet.
1: No, they they really don't, because you know the whole VA situation uh, with Three was also a way. It a re- was also a reason why uh, Pagan Min was so. Show, shown off in four yeah. so much he was like the main guy and people didn't like that uh five actually goes like really weird where it goes like there's some hallucination stuff with certain bosses it takes it it, it, it takes concepts and it really focuses on bosses and it makes each boss fight different enough to where it's it's very different from other Far Cry paid people did not like that shit either mm-hmm. so it's like then six is pretty much i think six is the best representation in terms of like the closest to three as possible and people still decided to shit on that i i thought i thought i think all far cry honestly i've had a good time with every single far cry game uh to certain extent sure but i never really bought into the whole like this game is bad i one thing you can not say about this game at least for me is that they're bad experiences they, they might be derivative and they might be repetitive in some aspect but ultimately i, I really like uh what they do you know
0: yeah All right, man. Well, uh, why don't you go ahead and tag back in with uh, the second game on your list of games to stop dunking on. People still talk shit about
1: this game. I don't know why. It's DMC Devil May Cry, the Ninja Theory reboot uh, or remake, whatever. It was a reboot. It was a reboot. reboot. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, before this, let me ask you, Marco, what's your opinion on Devil May Cry 4?
0: Devil May Cry 4 was fun but forgettable. Um, it yeah, just kind of came so, and went it was like, Oh, that was, yeah, it was a nice game, but it just didn't yeah. stick with me like other games did in the series at all.
1: Yeah. One was good. Two was bad. Three was good. Right. And four was not was that I. great. I, yeah, so they it, they needed a change, I I think, and and Ninja Theory stepping in and being very careful too. Like this is a whole other universe; it's not connected to the mainline Devil May Cry. It's a whole different thing. I I think they did a really good job with it. I personally think, and then when you look at it, I think Devil May Cry Five took a lot more from Devil May Cry uh, from DMC Devil May Cry than it did from the other Devil May Cries. I think the the combat, the platforming, all that stuff, the level design, all that stuff is outstanding. I think this game was already Uh, deemed a failure or bad because of a haircut because uh dante (laughs) didn't have that signature silver hair he had a short black hair and they called him emo dante i'm like um i I don't recall dante the flamboyant no shirt wearing dante being you know like a a kind of like a serious character. You know, like, one of these characters written really well. Like he's ripped
0: out of, like, a Twilight heartthrob vampire movie. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, so, for me, ultimately, like, I I really do think that the things they did in this game, the choices that they made in this game, are really cool. I mean, the the opening of this game, even, like, a a middle finger to those guys, because there was an explosion in his trailer. There's a wig and it lands on his head and he, you know, and he has like the, 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 the hair and, and people were really mad about that. we yep. <laughs> were like, fuck those guys. <laughs> but I think that the game uh, plays well. I love the, 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 I love the, um, the, uh, the action. I love the gameplay. Uh, I love, I, I, the, the, it goes different, different in terms of visual as a uh, representation and aspects. like, the level design is fantastic in this game. Like, other Devil May Cry games in the previous... They, they stay in these kind of, like, moods... And these kind of vibes in terms of the art style. It's pretty consistent throughout... With one, two, staying in, in, in very uh, specific locations. But DMC Devil May Cry really uh, did something special with those kind of locales. And and the, the gameplay, man... Like, it really brought it to the, uh, to the, I guess, new generation of gaming. Like, it felt smooth. It felt great. Already, at this point, uh, this game was kind of emulating what... Um, Bayonetta had done, because Bayonetta pretty much outdid uh, Devil May Cry at this point, you know, it was, it, 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 dev- it out Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry, and so this is trying to take back those reins a little bit, I think they did a really good job in that, and I, I, I think that the hate that this game gets, is purely on the Dante's design, really, I mean, the, the, the DMC game itself, it's not like that Bunch of a far cry from fucking other uh, Devil May Cry games in terms of story aspects. I mean, they—they they, it's the same concept. It's just different, better gameplay, better platforming, better level design, and ultimately just a better experience uh, when it comes to comparing it to four. I think and, and two. So I, I, it's it was a much needed redesign, much needed refresh. I think it's cool. I think that it, it stands its, its on its own. It was meant to, and we we still got Devil May Cry Five. and May Cry Five was fucking fantastic, but it felt a lot like DMC. Uh, Devil cry so uh what do you think marco
0: yeah i agree again i think dmc uh right from the outset got a really horrible rap and i think part of it was was the leftovers of like the meandering state of the franchise up to that point yeah with four being kind of okay three being great but then two being not great and then one still being a classic it was always like this high and low and high and low feeling with the series and now here we go outsourcing it to another studio why why are we doing this you know, so I get the confusion, but I think the immediate armchair reaction to me was unfair, uh, because when you play yeah. the game and you learn kind of the origin story they're trying to tell, um, awesome. all the way down to how his hair turns white in actuality. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which- It's cool. Th-
1: that's like a bleed over, too, because when you play Devil May Cry 5, I think, was it um, V? What's it not V? The other guy.
0: Nero? The-
1: Not Nero, but the other guy with the V. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. V. His,
1: his, yeah. When his hair turns, it also goes gray too. Mm. Like that. That's a carryover from that. Yeah. Uh, That's. It does a lot of carryovers.
0: Yeah, yeah. Honestly, there is, and and the game had uh, really good combat. It had really great level design. I'll never forget the news channel level where you're kind of hopping yeah. through like oh the, that was so dope the ticker that on the bottom, was oh, the awesome. logo. Yeah, so dope, man. The the club scene, um, how they repurposed some of the characters, like his mom. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. That was wild, man. Like they went places with that story that I thought were really cool, and uh, I appreciated it. I liked it.
1: And stylistic as fuck. Like oh, yeah. every time you had like that last blow, it was like that super mm-hmm. slow motion. Uh, oh, and, oh, super awesome! I love that shit. But yeah, man, that I, I forgot about that news r- newsroom level. And then like the boss fight with all the the headlines coming toward it was awesome. Yeah. dude. The game was
0: awesome. they killed it. They definitely killed it. Yeah. Ninja Theory did their thing. And,
1: and if you look and if you look at list constantly, consistently shit on like one of the worst development cries. Like, are you kidding me?
0: Nah, yeah, they're, they're wild for that. Um. Yeah. Let me go ahead and jump in with my second game. I know that I uh, had a lot to say about The Last of Us Part 1 remake in the last episode, but... Hey, man, if the shoe fits. So, The Last of Us Part 2 is the next game on my list of of games to stop dunking on. What do you get when armchair writers... Hold on one second. (laughs) Hold on one second. Oh my god! Oh my god! This
1: hey guys, this uh, this um, this episode.
0: Yo, Pablo's phone Yo, Pablo's has dropped phone. like eighty-seven times throughout this recording. Hey, this episode of the <laughs> Cool Down Time podcast is brought to you by Fatherhood. My this god. kid's sweaty. Let me let me let me let me run that back when uh when armchair writers and the most <laughs> damaging leak in gaming history come Oof. together, you get the Last of Us Part Two backlash. The leak represented the the major plot points that took place in this game in the worst ways possible. Absolutely. When people found out what happens with, to Joel, there was no real context. There was no buildup. There was no understanding of anything. It was just a very... It was a bullet. Joel dies, and it's like, oh, oh, no, no, I don't like that. No, I don't want that. And then that was all it took to start this massive wave of of backlash and resentment and hate and criticism and just outrage and toxicity towards the game to the point where we're making shit up yeah i mean it turned people off before the game even came out and then you have the the backlash of abby um abby took bullets uh you know all throughout this this game's you know pre-release post-release didn't nobody like abby uh, and I and from a story context, I understand. You know, this is the person that did in one of your favorites. You don't exactly want to play as them and help them survive, but that was part of the the purpose of the game was to make you see the other end of the spectrum, whether you wanted yeah. to or not. But I think uh, Abby as a character was really well done. I thought she had a lot of dimension to her. Uh, there was a lot of hate about her physical appearance, um, being muscular, well, wh- and and
1: when it leaked. They were saying that she was there trans. Was, yeah, they were saying she know. was
0: like a, a trans woman or something. It was like, what are we doing here? And then you have, speaking of which, you have the the quote-unquote woke backlash with Ellie. Um, you know, some of her dialogue, you know, I uh, just got a bigot sandwich from this guy. You know, it, it was a little cringy, but people got mad about that. They're like, oh, you're trying to be woke. Then you have Lev in the game as well uh, as, a, as, a, as a trans person. And it's like, man are y'all like just intent on not liking this? Uh, and and it, it was, it yeah. was just, it was just weird to me when in reality, I think it's a well-written, but flawed, uh, and uh, but immersive, uh, um, immersive experience to me. It, it, it wasn't designed for the faint at heart. It wasn't designed to douse your faves in plot armor. It wasn't designed to exploit or, or, or capitalize on fan service for you. That's never been what the last of us is. It's crude, it's visceral, it's bloody, it's bold, it's different, and it's dark. And you might have to be in a certain mindset to want to play that game. But I think this idea of these people out there trying to write the game for Neil Druckmann and company, trying to tell them, no, your your vision is wrong, and, and we'll talk about that with my next game on the list, especially, but the fact that people are doing that and can't respect their brand of storytelling. It's not a build-your-own story. It's a linear story. It is what it is. And it's not going to be for everybody. Um, the Last of Us never was. Um, and I think, to me, in my opinion, that game's quality is is resounding and undeniable. But you wouldn't think so when you listen to people talk about it. And I think it's time for people to, to leave it alone.
1: Yeah. And, and the gameplay, I mean, it's so good. The the game itself, in it, 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 with that alone, is is fantastic. But the story stuff is great. I think that they took a lot of chances, and and some people thought that, that it didn't hit. I understand that, but the, that's not being critical is not the same as what happened with this game. You know, like people were outright making shit up in their head. That's what the game was about. And then when the game wasn't that, they still didn't want to go back on their word because of whatever reason. Like, they, they've already made up their mind about this game. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the worst uh, the worst thing you can do about the game is make your mind up, up about the game and not giving yourself any room to really understand, hey, I was wrong, you know? Yep. Uh, and this is what that game Because people were... I mean, I know people that we were on, like, talking about games, and people even in those chats were being very critical of a game that they have yet to play and even after it came out they still hadn't played it and still were very like critical about the game itself because of what Reddit said you know like there uh, there was a, there are two kinds of people who played uh, The Last of Us people who actually played it and people who played it through Reddit like just by reading shit and that's and unfortunately the game really got hit hard by yeah. that stuff and uh, Naughty Dog got to do something about those leaks because someone's man. out there leaking your Come shit on. like the, the Last of Us 1 uh, Remake was just leaked pretty much in its entirety as well. They had to kind of, uh, you know,
0: patch that up with a, do some their work. own video yeah, and yeah, all that. Yeah, man,
1: man, this is is bad out in the streets.
0: <sighs> I said it. I said it before. I'll say it again. Leave the Last of Us alone, man. Just chill, relax. Yeah. All right, you don't have to like what they're doing. Just man, it, it's so bad out there with this game, man. But I'm not gonna. Be, I'm not gonna beat that horse uh, to death again. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and get to your third and final game. The game that you think. Is the, 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 the best candidate for no more dunks, yeah. no more posterizing.
1: Yeah, this is no surprise here. I think that this is the quintessential one of those games that belong on this list. And that's none other than Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. Look, I'm gonna I'm not gonna speak in hyperbole, I'm gonna actually speak in ways that I actually feel here. I think it's one of the best Western RPGs of all time. And yes, CDPR overpromised but they del- what they delivered wasn't some cheap, shitty Western RPG imitation. It's among the best of its kind. It will never shake, unfortunately, its reputation. It will ever be judged by the first few months. And those who haven't played it are the most, you know, disparaging of it. Like, that's just kind of like where we are with games right now. But look it's character it's a character driven rpg it's an incre- has an incredible dr- backdrop with that world night city is one of the best visually stunning like re- locations in recent memory for me in terms of video games cyberpunk doesn't do much it doesn't do much in way of telling you uh, the story of the world in which night city resides but it feels fully lived in and established in its own like it has like its own kind of vibe to it like it it's not a it, it's it, Night City is its own character, but it's not telling you the story of Night City. Like, this is what, what happened. In, no, no. It's just the world. And the way it's built, the way it's done, the way it's executed, I think it's fantastic. I know some of the stuff within the world itself, like, you know, like the cop AI, that stuff. Yeah, I, I get it. But I think that the world... When you step out of the apartment for the first time and you just look at Night City... That shit looks crazy. I mean, it is, even with uh, the the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X update looks amazing. Uh, And then, like, the characters. Johnny Silverhand has to be, like, the best companion in video games of all time, if not at least one of them. I mean, Keanu Reeves puts on, like, a really great performance. You never forget it's Keanu Reeves, but that's kind of, like, what they put into it. Like, Johnny Silverhand is a super popular uh, legend, in, in, in Night City and Keanu Reeves kind of is that within our world so like it, it's a really good marriage of those things um the relationship aspect between you two is awesome like you can go many ways about it and I think that the way I picked you know being really into Johnny Silverhand and kind of uh, seeing him as a partner more less so as an antagonist Really works out for me. I thought all that stuff was absolutely awesome. Uh, Then you got like Pan Am, Judy, Jackie, Padre, Victor, uh, River, Goro. All these characters are like super established, have their own personalities. And you have these conversations and they react to you based on the choices that you make. Not the choices or the choices that you don't make, really. And, 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 you know, the the world building, obviously. But the way you build your character out. The V. I, I, I know people don't like V. Uh, that much. I like the female V best. I think the voice actors is great. And then the aspect of how you can build your character, like picking the uh, where you're from your back, your backdrop really informs certain aspects of the story if you're a corpo there's certain things in the beginning of the game that really help you out because you were, a, were once tied to that world and if you're a street kid towards the middle of that game that shit really helps you out because of the fact that you are connected within the streets and you have certain aspects and certain uh, certain uh, dialogue options that you may not have as any of the characters all that stuff really really works out and not to mention the story itself is great character creator is great man you can change the size of your dick in this game y'all um, uh, why did you <laughs> Why?
0: something is wrong with him y'all I tell y'all every Listen, oh my
1: god completely fleshed out side quest uh, don't say voiced. flesh
0: anymore after this
1: <laughs> like there's there's like certain side quests like I don't know if you ever did this one Marco the crucifixion side quest did you do that one yeah
0: yeah that was like, wild that shit is disturbing that as was fuck wild. Like, and that's,
1: just, and that's a whole thing you can miss the whole getting the band back together Johnny Silverhand missions mm-hmm. you completely side mission c- completely could be missable uh, they they really do really dope stuff in this game. In this game, they they, they go all out. They, they 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 really make it a point to tell a story uh, based on a lot of your character choices uh, early on and kind of the relationships that you've built. Um, is the game perfect? No. Does the game deserve the vitriol and the punish and the punishing fucking uh, bullshit that it gets? Absolutely not. Like dude, like are you kidding me? Like Dragon Age Inquisition came out and I we love that game. And that game got Game of the Year. Cyberpunk is, like, 100 times better than that game. And, and a lot of other games that, that that have come out. Better than Fallout 4, which I love. Better than a, a lot of games that are praised throughout. And just because it had that bad month. Not saying that that's an excuse, but just because it had, it had a bad month, it, it was bad. You know, I, I don't think that the game gets a fair shake. And people really, when you talk about Cyberpunk, the first thing that they think about is, that, Oh, isn't that game bad? Like, straight up, that's what they think. It's like, no, this game is not bad. Not by the longest. It, it's, it's an incredible game, and I recommend everybody to play it.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, this is a game where I think there was a justifiable window of time to dunk on it and have a reason to. Um, I would say it was probably the first several months uh, because some patches were making more problems than they were fixing. Um, So I think in that sense, it was totally valid to say, all right, this game isn't even ready. Um, But they got there, and when they got there... um, the attitude was, well, now it's too, too little, too late. Um, okay. I mean, that's fine, I guess, but it doesn't, that attitude doesn't make the game bad now. Like they've, they've they fixed the problems that have made it a poor game and now it's not. So now it is not a poor game. It's a very simple equation. Um, this was something that was going to be on my list, but we, I, I, only one of us was going to pick it because it had been redundant for us to both have it. But, I yeah, I totally agree. This should be on the list. It's it's an excellent yeah. story. It's an excellent game. Um certainly not flawless to this day, but man, there's something really exciting about being in Night City. That vibe, the atmosphere. Even if a lot of it's just window dressing, it is it is it really is. good window yeah. dressing. Yeah. Um man, I I I really love that game and I can't wait to come back and play it again as a as a uh different V. Um and just as, you know, I don't expect it, you know, it, it, the game doesn't have as much depth or variety or or uh, nuance as we were sold um, in that bill of goods originally. It, a, a lot of cut content here. Yeah. And that sucks.
1: And that's, and I think that's really its biggest sin is the fact that it was sold at something else and it ultimately yeah. was more closer to a Fallout game. Pretty than, much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. than A Witcher game type. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And ultimately... You know, yeah, it might not be what you hoped, but is it a bad game now? No, I can't say that it is. I just can't. So I I actually recommend it.
1: This game and your number one are one of the most games that get shitted on the most. And I am baffled that people who play video games as a hobby could sit down and play either of these two games and think, bad time. No way. (laughs) Yeah. No way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's wild, man. Uh, Speaking of which, let me go ahead and jump into my uh, number one game to stop dunking on. The victim of narrative activism and reductive hindsight. That'd be Mass Effect 3. Um, man, this game, when people talk about it, it, it makes me cringe because people are so reductive about what this game actually did and what it was comprised of that... If you were to listen to people talk about it, they'll just tell you, yeah, well, none of the things you did up until that game actually mattered. And it's not true. That game spends almost its entirety tying up many, if not most, if not almost all loose ends that you would want tied throughout the entire experience. Choices actually did matter, guys. I'm sorry, that's a myth. It might not have wrapped up in the nice bow that you were hoping it would, but they got there, and there was a lot of finality all throughout that game. They provided an ending uh, that was controversial, but it was an ending built around the theme of helplessness and ultimatums. Um, and they even went as far as to, to cave into your narrative activism and say, you know what, we'll give you an expanded version of that too an expanded version that I actually thought was very good. Speaking of very good, I also thought that game had excellent DLC content that enriched the lore and celebrated our companions. I think, uh, yeah. I think a lot of it is also because the transition away from a more tried and true RPG into something more action heavy, less numbers driven, statistics driven. I think that outraged a lot of obnoxious RPG purists that, can't stand to see a franchise evolve over the years. Um, was it different? Yeah. It was very different from the first Mass Effect. Shouldn't it be, though? Like, do you just want the same thing three times? Don't we fault other franchises for that exact thing? Like Far Cry? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. which way do you want it? Again, it all comes back to which way you want it. When you want it three ways, and you multiply that times millions of fans who all have a different opinion, you're not going to check every box for everybody. You're just not. Um, and, and that and that's especially the case with the gameplay itself. And then you add on the memes and the groupthink that was taking place back then that was at such a level that it was almost uncool to admit that you actually enjoyed the game despite some of its challenges and issues. And it's one of the first big examples of that gamer activism that led to a lot of civil warring, where if you stood against the status quo and saying, you know what, I thought the ending was fine, you'll get roasted for that. We're trying to incite change and, and, and let these companies know that, you know, you can't just lead us on all these years and then drop us off and that you were wrong for thinking that the product was all right, which is bizarre. Attacking Mass Effect 3 became a movement. <laughs> That's silly. Yeah. You don't have to like a game. But you sure as hell don't have to make disliking a game of movement. Like, that's bizarre. Realistically, Mass Effect 3 is actually great. And I realized that, you know, after coming back to the Legendary Edition. Good story. High stakes. Same great characters. A lot of finality. All game long. Not just in the last 30 minutes, 45 minutes. All game long.
1: And when you look at... Mass Effect 1 and 2, the standout stuff in of of that game are the characters and your relationship with each of those characters and the stories that you do with companions and all that yep. stuff. And 3's middle portion, like the whole middle part, is giving you f- closure on a lot of that. And it's that to me was like the the endings that I was really interested in. You know, the, the finality of the whole story, the whole world. Like, look, ultimately when you look at 1, 2, the story itself, it's fine. Like, there's certain aspects they're, they're good, they're really good, but nothing compares to the companion pieces of the that game you know notoriously bad bosses in one and two like the little aspects of the game that really don't matter ultimately and that will make uh, mass effect awesome they gave you all of that And, and in spades with three like just so much closure and so many things and so many callbacks with those characters that was real like when that when that stuff happened i was like as happy as I could be. And then when the ending happy a three, I was like, I, 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 I didn't think it was bad. I was like, oh, that's a choice. But you know, I was already satisfied with with the companion aspect of it. That's really what you play those games for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, in, and I think also part of it was the Mass Effect 2 peak for people. Um, oh yeah. Mass Effect 2 was, is one of the greatest games of all time. There's no question. I think it's the best yeah. game in the trilogy. But yeah, man. I mean, that game was built the way it was built for a reason, and 3 was built the way it was built for a reason, because that's what conclusions to a trilogy have to be. It's always, in a way, it's always kind of best in the middle, because you've already got the, the lore and the exposition off the ground. You kind of know the, the basics. That middle part is always a sweet spot with most trilogies, where now you have your footing, you know what's going on, and now you're on your way to something, and that buildup is really exciting, and it can get white hot. Conclusions are always controversial with trilogies. You know, some people think most trilogies end in a in a in a in a bad way. And you know, I know I'm generalizing here, but it it happens. But
1: no, but there's many examples. Look at Star Wars: right. Empire Strikes Back is considered the best of the three. When the new trilogy, uh, The Last Jedi, is considered uh, the best of the yep. three, it's because you have you have the the apex of the story
0: mm-hmm.
1: right in the middle, and everything else is quite literally downhill because right. it's that's that's what endings are. Yeah. you know,
0: yeah. Last thing I'll say is if you're going to dunk on any Mass Effect, um, what about Andromeda, guys? That one deserves it. It's right there. There's your... It's right there, guys. There you go. Posterize that one all you want. But this one...
1: And it's only eight feet high.
0: (laughs) Yo, there's no reason to... I mean, I would take a Mass Effect 3 over an Andromeda any day of the week, twice on Tuesdays. Oh, yeah. No doubt. So, like, leave it alone, man. This trilogy was great from beginning to end. You might have your favorites... You might have your least favorites, but we're not going to sit here and act like Mass Effect 3 was just this abomination like y'all make it out to be. It's enough. Hell Relax. Not. All right. Now, that being said, Pablo, I think that's going to wrap up our Checkpoint Chat and this week's episode of the show. Until next time, be sure to give our podcast a sub if you enjoyed this. I hope you did. And don't forget to follow us on IG at CoolDownTimePodcast Time Podcast so that we'll always be in your FOV. Until next time on behalf of Pablo, his baby, his phone, <laughs> his his setup and his life. I am Marco and we'll see you next week.
1: Make me feel good.